Okay. Hello, everybody. Hi. Uh, thanks for listening. Welcome back uh, to Headspace Hopefully Invaders. Hopefully you're happy to hear us. This is David. This is Adam. Um, and uh, we did a really poor job the last two times, actually. Yes. Of not introducing the person that we Well, the had last two us. times was really one time for us, but it's two <laughs> times for them. Don't get into that. Okay. Physical right. time swaps. Right. Uh, yeah, so we, we had a, a special guest with the last two podcasts we recorded, or... Um, and that person is a good friend and, and friend of the show now. He's been on twice. So now I think that's official friend of the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, is Adam Roberts. Yeah. Who, um, I think it's just because he's such a good friend of ours and we hang out with him so much. Right. We, you know, we just assume uh, that everybody knows who he is. But you, by the sound of his voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, I've been on one of his podcasts a couple of times, so it just seems so yeah. natural. Um, so he is the owner or co-owner of um, both Tapcade, which is located downtown KC, and then um, Screenland Armor, which is a terrific movie theater, independent movie theater here yeah, in town, in North Kansas City. So, yeah. So we uh, want to thank him again for coming on. And yeah, thanks, Adam. Yeah, and uh, he'll, uh, he'll probably be on at some point again yeah. in the future. Uh, and thanks to Clint for pointing that out. Yep, for keeping us straight and honest. Yeah. Uh, and also, let's let's go back over the well situation. Yeah, yeah. I think it was just a slip of the tongue. Right. We demoted him to co-producer. Right. I wouldn't know who the other producer would be. Right. Um, maybe it's Wallace and Wilson, right. co-producers. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> but he's the executive producer P- for life. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, executive producer for life. Yep. Um, for di- for this, because without him, we wouldn't be doing this again. That is true. For a multitude of reasons. So he should. You know what we should do is have him start a Patreon for us. Yeah. And then we can just go halvesies with him. Yeah. And he gets half. Hey, hey, split ch- out. hold on. Let's not fucking commit to anything. I'm saying it's going to be a dollar from <laughs> my mom probably. <laughs> so. Quarter uh, each for us. That's, uh, no, well, no, it's halvesies for from our half, right? Which is a half of the half. Um. Anyway, we're not making any kind of legal commitment here to paying Wallace. N- no. Yeah. <laughs> Hugs and butt pats. Yeah. High fives. Yes. Occasionally. Uh, so, we have some things to talk about today. Yeah. What are we talking about today? Well, we're going to talk first of all. We didn't talk about the Richard Dreyfus thing, which we probably oh, add in yeah. at some point. No, in we this should episode. absolutely. But we're going to start off talking about Dark Phoenix, um, which if you haven't seen, um, we're going to talk a lot about it right now. So sorry. Um, but if you haven't seen it, maybe stop, listen to this and then go, take a moment to go watch the film if you have any interest and then you can con- kind of come back to us. But um, we're going to discuss that now at length and our experience of watching it last week. So, um, yeah. So let's start with that. So stick around. Dark Phoenix, the final, um, well, no, actually, that's not right, correct. This, the penultimate Fox um, new, or, uh, uh, X-Men movie because penultimate. The, new, the New Mutants comes out next year. Oh, okay. And that would be the last one from the Fox studio. Oh, all right. Um, obviously not in the, well, it's in the same, you know. Is it, produ- oh, it's in the same. Yeah, you know, you. I'm, I'm not sure we're not going to see Professor Similar X in there pro- or anything. No, no. But, I mean, it's the New Mutants. Is so it in production right now? It's been in production for about three years. Oh, okay, fair enough. It's been yeah. redone, rewritten, um, which it, it causes obviously great concern because you know it's been moved around so much. Or yeah, um, from a schedule standpoint, um, never a good sign. We, Ally the Dark Phoenix, right? Yeah, and but this one I had high hopes for because it's a horror movie. 
So this would be the first superhero horror movie if you exclude M. Night Shyamalan stuff, but definitely uh, Marvel Man. stuff. Oh, yeah. Marvel stuff. The first sure. horror Marvel movie. So, Okay, fair enough. Yeah. We'll see. So is this the fourth telling of this story in pop culture that you can think of? The Dark Phoenix? Yeah, that Dark Phoenix saga, starting with Claremont and John Byrne's story. In right. The original. The, the original. Uh, um, then you had the the X-Men, let's call it the Brian Singer days. Well, you had the animated series. I think they, they well, did I've never saw that. You never saw but I, it did exist. Yeah. So I think that was in the, was in the 90s. So right. then you had Brian Singer's Last Stand, which kind of like. It wasn't Brian Singer's. It was, who was no. it? Who was it? McGee? McHugh? Oh, was it McGee? I don't know. Huh. Um, <laughs> Someone terrible who did a shit version of the film. So. Yeah. And so then now. Yeah. Um, and now we have this. So it's kind of almost a remake of Last Stand, really. And one of the classic, like, Marvel print storylines. Yeah, I mean, I mean up there <coughs> with everything else. Yeah. Top yeah. fucking three, probably. Yeah, it's like you can see, like, this is what they're, one of those storylines they were working up to. Yeah, like, this kind is a... backwards, not, too. Yeah, not for kids. Yeah. You know, this is when, like, Claremont and Byrne, they were at their, the, the peak. peak. This, Days of Future Past, all around that time, so when the X-Men became that team that caught the imagination of the country and the world and um you know it, it was you know it, it's so weird because we we talked about this a little bit before when we talked about avengers avengers was always team three in the mcu after x-men fantastic four and then avengers fantastic four yeah yeah because they're the first they're the first family so sure. but x-men was always the most popular x-men wolverine x-men wolverine i mean then you had punisher and then i never really thought of the fantastic four as being like a team up like you know, because the X-Men and the Avengers, they always had, like, players that kind of came and went. Right. And followed storylines. But, um, yeah. But, no, this is, a, I mean, it was a big storyline. And it was also really cool. I was kind of tracking back through. There's two separate stories. There's the Phoenix Saga. And then, like, a year later, there was the Dark Phoenix. Yeah. Um, they were just, like, maybe 10 or 12 issues apart. But um, this the, the Dark Phoenix Saga is where we got Kitty Pride and Dazzler. They both had their first appearances within a couple issues of each other, if I remember correctly. And interesting enough, the Dazzler did show up in the film. She was. She yeah. was there. Yeah. Um, so what we did was we did something that we've done before in the past where we, w- before we went and see the film, we recorded our thoughts. Um, outside the, th- outside like, the yeah. like literally outside the door of the theater. Yep. And then we went to watch the movie. We drank a shit ton of beer and then we recorded how we felt after. <laughs> I felt like such a wino, like collecting my cans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh no. Oh, that's this many? Yeah. <laughs> I think I had five yeah. uh, in the I space of the... Well, four in the space of the film and one prior. Right. So um, we haven't listened to this back yet, so we're going to listen to this together. Okay. Um, yeah. And we're just going to keep the tape rolling. Um, if you want to just, if you if you have anything you really want to shout on in um, when we're listening back to this, I mean, and then we're going to talk about the first part and then we're going to talk about the second part and then we're going to talk about our general feelings of the film after we've had a chance to stew about it. So, okay. All right. Yep. So let me f- see if we can make this happen. Holy shit, all at the same time without having a, a crap ton of uh, button pressing and loud things in my ears. Um, let me see if I can go back to the start of this. So this is us outside the movie theater about to watch uh, Dark Phoenix for the first time. All right, this is David. And this is Adam. Right, so... So did we just throw this over to ourselves we just from did. the future? Yeah, we did. Whoa, we that's going to be so exciting. Remember we did. we did that before? This is our second time here. Last yeah. time it was the Cornetto trilogy, right? Yeah, the arse-breaking trilogy. Yes. When we were... We would come out after every uh, 
film of the Cornetto trilogy and discuss what we just went through. Our thoughts, yeah. And at the end of it, we were a little bit... We got more and more dejected yeah. and tired. Uh, but do you remember, we also, like, remember everybody came out of the last... I can't remember if it was the second movie or third one, but that was when they announced that Affleck was going to be Batman. Yeah. And so everybody left the theater and they're like, what? Affleck is Batman? He's <laughs> yeah. shit. Yeah. And now we're doing that same thing with our pats. With, uh, so it goes It's a What's that song um, from uh, A Star is Born? Life's a Catherine Wheel, man. I haven't seen it. it keeps good. <laughs> of course you haven't. Are you refusing to go see it? No, 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 no. It's I fucking great. You'll cry your eyes out. I know, I will, yeah. Um, and the songs are lovely. Yeah. And Bradley Cooper, come yeah. on. Hey, here's my thing about that real quick, and we're going off on a tangent. Everybody's giving Bradley Cooper like, oh my God, I can't believe he can sing. Anybody can sing if you do the country music voice. It's true. Anybody can oh. sing if you do the country music I, I voice. I that very theory yeah. this morning yeah. in the shower, because like, I, oh I sing God. that song in the shower a lot. Look. Anybody can do it. Anybody can do it. Like, Okay, so where are we at? So we're at the uh, AMC uh, uh, in Olathe yep. to see um, the preview of The Dark Phoenix, yes. sponsored by Boulevard Brewing Company. The advanced screening of The Dark uh, Phoenix. Space Camper, the official craft beer of Dark Phoenix. Yes. So we're excited about it. We are. Of you course know? we are. So yeah. This is, kind of is going to end this particular w- trilogy number of films. This phase, this crew, I yeah, guess. That, because yeah. Disney has absorbed Fox, so it's you know, all going to I have not read anything, honestly. I've, I've avoided most trailers. I've avoided reading most about what the story is, right. how it's going to vary or, or right. uh, diverge from the comic storyline. Yeah, I uh, read this mind-bending um, uh, article on Atlantic Geek today okay. about uh, the chronology or the order to watch these in, and it did it from Wolverine's perspective, from Charles Professor X's perspective, what? from a chronological perspective. Okay. They had so many different variances, and it was like it hurt my brain when yeah. I was reading it. Okay, it's like Jesus Christ, the person who put this together put a lot of effort a lot of into, work so into it. My hats off to them. Yeah, and maybe we'll try and reference it. Um, in the, when we go back to the studio, yeah, um, I'll have that prepared. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to watch it much at my hand. I mean, oh, I think man, that, me too. I'm you know, this Magneto, this James Michael, this uh, Professor, Professor X, X, James McAvoy, and Michael Fassbender, um, you know, they're they're all great at these characters, and yep. they've lived in them probably as long as Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart have. So, for sure, I yeah. want to see how they kind of finish it off. When was the first class? How 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 many years are we into this crew? Eight years? It's got to be about eight. Eight, yeah. eight to ten years? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we're kind of excited. Um, I mean, it looks good. You know, we saw today that it's 28% on Rotten Tomatoes. Right. Um, which, you know, doesn't bear well. But I think the X-Men have kind of been cursed. You know, what's crazy is for the 80s and the 90s, the X-Men were the Marvel darlings. Right. I mean, they were, that was it. Right. It was the X-Men. And yeah. then when the MCU came around and they started making Marvel movies, you just kept waiting for them to make X-Men. And they just couldn't quite get it. Um, but I think with this crew, they have. That's the closest that they've gotten, I believe, to... I 100% believe yeah. they're going to reset this whole thing anyway. For sure. Um, and yeah. now that Disney has everything. Because the X-Men is still, I believe, the number one comic team in Marvel as far oh, as Oh, good God. Go. Which so, version? Yeah. Yeah, like Wolverine's still the It's hard the to keep track, yeah. Wolverine's still the man. So uh, they're going to grab this by the balls, I hope, and then do, do some really fun things with them. I hope. So. Yeah, me too. Uh, but it'll be nice to see this, this end. I hope it ends better than Last Stand. <laughs> uh, that's that. Hey, you know that's the bar, right? <laughs> that's very, the bar right now. Very low. Yeah, bar. it's a low bar. So we're good. We're all good. We're, then. Good. Yeah. we're all good. So what are we gonna do? We're gonna go watch the film. Yeah, come uh, back we're out. Have a couple beers. Yes. Uh, some popcorn, and yeah. then after the film, we'll just come right back to this booth, yeah. and we'll just kind of recap. And quick kinda, thoughts. Yeah, yeah, quick thoughts, and, and then, then we'll yeah. throw it back to the studio. Yeah, we'll throw it back to ourselves in the future. Okay, from the past. All right, sounds good. All right, all right. Right, so that was that. That was us. Yeah, first part of us. Back to the studio. Yep. Yeah. Um, Thanks, Adam and David. Yeah, you guys are great. 
Julia uh, Harrison was the name of the person, uh, Dana Geek, who wrote the article, that mind-bending article I referenced during that. I put some pressure on myself to figure that out, which I just had to do that really nice, quickly. Nice, you did. Yeah. Um, but um, it, if you want to read it, yeah, she it was posted on June 4th. Um, uh, Julia Harrison was her name. And uh, yeah, it was X-Men movies, best watch order. And then she had multiple oh. different ways to watch it. Um, I couldn't be arsed Dark, to go back and watch all, Dark some Phoenix of included? Um, yes, oh, everything. Okay, everything. So, all right. except for New Mutants. Right, got it. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, that was fine. You know, we ha- we did our little thing like we do and wandered away from the reason why we were there in the first sure. place. We, yeah. just kind of we came shit, back but, around, though. Um, but th- we did reference back to the Cornetto trilogy, and if you remember, <laughs> the thing about the Cornetto trilogy, the thing that stands out in my mind most more than anything was at the start of the film when they were giving away oh, posters yeah. or T-shirts. Yeah, and your man just went crazy. The fucking guy lost his yeah. fucking mind. Like, he yeah. lost his mind. Yeah. Like, Nothing has ever been as good in his life before or since, I'm sure. Yeah. I've never seen anybody be that excited about anything ever, ever. No, it was it was full on like Price is Right. Like, yeah. Like Bob Barker just called your yeah. man down. Like yeah. he probably fucking soiled himself. Yeah, he's he lost a, bodily functions. And you know? this is, I don't recall, there was no beer then, right? We didn't have beer in that. We did. Oh, we did? We did, Ooh, yeah. We did. But there was, that was the very, very start. Right. So he couldn't have been, it couldn't have been alcohol Too fueled. Cracked, right. Uh, like he was just nerd fueled. He's on high on nerd uh, power. Nobody seemed that excited at the Dark Phoenix <laughs> at the beginning of it. <laughs> no, I think everybody had trepidation. You know, like there was. Yeah. Um, you know, so the the X Men since Last Stand, it's always been like it's been seems kind of challenging to do. But uh, after First Class, it kind of got my enthusiasm back up. Days of Future Past, Completely. I was like, when I heard they were doing it, I was like, fuck yeah, that's great. Uh, Age of Apocalypse, I was like, oh yeah, that's awesome. I'm excited to see. Uh, but when they were like, they were doing Dark Phoenix, I was like, oh, I'll go see it. The funny thing was, is that Days of, Fe- Days of Future Past, I think, was a much more complicated story to tell. And they did a really fucking good job of Terrific. that. Again, that's still the high bar after watching this film. We can say that now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but they did a great job of telling a very complex story. But the Dark Phoenix thing, it's just, it was spread out over such a long period of time. And they had to basically pull that back to two hours. Yeah. Very hard thing to do. Yep. So we understand the f- the. F- the frustration of doing it but then if that's frustrating don't fucking do it if you can't pay you know if you can't sure if you can't like really do just to the story because it is such a great story such a synonymous story with this team maybe just don't do it do something else yeah I mean that's just my opinion so we're going to basically listen to the our response our initial response directly and now. then we'll chat about and then we'll chat about the whole movie okay. what we talked about then and then we can kind of put a bow in this uh, X-Men yes. Dark stuff yeah okay all right. So it's back to Adam and David and the roving reporters outside the studio. Back to you, fellas. Okay, so uh, thanks, David and Adam, for throwing it over to us uh, from the future. <laughs> thanks to us from the past throwing it to us in the future. You know future what? Now. I want to thank Edward T. Hanley. He was the what key about, military what costumer. Matthew Audi. I mean, he was how a could technician. Yeah, Catherine Galen is a key dresser. Caitlin the costume PA. Anyway, so literally, we're, swing. we're sitting Lewis here uh, after the film, watching the credits roll up. There is no stinger at the end of Dark Phoenix, um, and again, why would there be? We googled it. Yeah, what could there possibly be? What would they yeah. show? Because they can't. There's no suggestion. It's over. This whole thing is done. So because it now is owned by Disney. So the, the first now, these are all things that we're like, we need to go and look. I don't think that Stanley had a cameo in the first couple X-Men. Um, yeah, we're not sure. But we're going to look into that because he did not have a cameo, but they did in the credits and just say in loving memories. Yeah. So he was um, not in this one. Yeah. So we're going to look back on that. Yeah. Um, okay, initial thought. 
I, honestly, I don't know what more I could have expected. Yeah, it was I mean, fine. It kind of, yeah, it was fine. Yeah. Um, it didn't I think, fucking suck. Honestly, I think you dipped out. Like, I think you took a bathroom in what I thought was one of the best sequences. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I uh, no, I actually, what, was that the one where I'm saving my family? Uh, yes, that was a great sequence. What, I was always oh, so I, I, I didn't like the the very first scene when she's in the car and the glass she's like projecting and the glass is bouncing off of the shield and then as they're going through the air everybody all of her friends have that sort of sphere around her. I, I did it, like, I didn't leave I was like, I was like, over there okay, I, I didn't actually because I so. there was something ha- I, there was stuff happening I kept waiting I'm trying to use the bathroom like, and what's I, gonna be I went the, over there you know like yeah. Days of Future Past like the that, Quicksilver though. scene that was like that. they took him out early so he couldn't. Fuck shit up because he is the best thing no, about these fucking films. Yeah, so I think, best I thing about think these Nightcrawler films. took his spot big time. Yeah, and it and showed how I, awesome Nightcrawler. I kept is. waiting for but that again, scene. In was it movie. was it the last time they showed that Alan Cumming was the Nightcrawler? Oh, how that, he was the amazing. First scene in that, like yeah. the White House scene with Alan yeah. Cumming. Yeah, that was great. And it showed how how fuck Nightcrawler is a badass. Yeah, Nightcrawler is. Uh, Cyclops was a fucking. Just a bag oh, of shit. He's kind this of film. a punk. He's yeah. always kind of a yeah. He's, like, he's always kind of a punk. Clawing at Gene. Are you okay, yeah. Gene? No, no. He <laughs> was in the in the first in the original X Men. <laughs> yeah. He was all worried about Logan, so he was very much like, oh yeah. shit. But it's hard to act when you have a fucking goggle on the whole time. That's <laughs> so true. you can't really show that much emotion. But Cyclops oh, is always kind of, Cyclops fine. is always like your dad of the X Men. He's like he's yeah. like oh with a cranky dad. And he's always worried about his fucking power, how strong he was and shit. I'm like, you know, come but on. But he didn't, never really did anything. No. No. So worried about my power. Yeah. So I'm so cranky all the time. Um, but it was fine. It was no, good. I, it was I enjoyed fine. it. It was fine. Uh, was it was it better than uh, Age of Apocalypse? Was it better than Age of Apocalypse? Because yeah. it wasn't better than Days of Future Past. No, it was not better than no. yeah. Days of Future Past and is the first class mark. is better. Last, so if Days of Future Past is the high water mark, yes. Last Stand is the, the low water, mark. the low mark. But I think the, what this did not suffer from what the Last Stand suffered was where it just tried to cram in so many like new characters right. that were named and known, right. but then never give them any kind of exposition. Yeah. No, I did. This, I do think this did a shit job of kind of describing who the villains were. Even we didn't just, even know. No, well, Jessica Chastain, she did have that one scene where she explained like, okay, so the Phoenix we follow Force, the Phoenix? yeah, it's, yeah, it it's... destroyed my planet, so now we follow it. But who's so the fuck were like, they? Okay, another villain that's a little bit altruistic, but they never really, yeah, Th- that was they never showed who they were. And the X Men have so many galactic villains oh, they could have played on. Yeah, at, like at one point we were like, are they the Brood? Like we just didn't know because yeah. and we never knew. And I it was just that some, took me out of it too because I kept trying to figure out. I kept yeah, like going back. It was just a my, fucking alien race trying to get the Phoenix Force. Yeah, like name and shame, man. So uh, Dazzler was, was a nice touch. Dazzler was, was cool. cool. That was cool. Yeah, and you know I, the, the initial, the opening sequence, the oh, spatial br- sequence was amazing. Yeah, really spatial, fun, really yep, cool. Yep, uh, it was. That scene was great. It, it was fine. It was fine, wow. man. What now? So, what did you say to me about the music in the first scene with Jean Grey and her parents in the car? It's like this. I is couldn't the, hear that first. I said this is the one thing that the, these X Men films, these Fox Properties, Marvel films, yeah. have have never done very well. At. They've was never playing putting music, the sound yeah, the music, putting yeah, music yeah. into and movies. they almost did for and half the MCU, a second. like the other guys, oh, did it really, God. really well, yeah. like perfectly well. Yeah. Um, maybe in Days of Future Past they kind of played that a little bit better well, just to, sh- just to highlight that time we were in the bottle. 70s the we were in the 70s yeah. Quicksilver time in a ball was amazing was yeah. amazing that still was one of the greatest superhero the films scene, of all, bits song. of all time yeah but I agree with you I'm 100% with you um, yeah no yeah, we had, we had Quicksilver gonna... at the very start and that one that was it yeah that was a bummer because he's yeah. awesome 
He was terrific. He was good. He kind of came out of nowhere in Days of Future Past. We didn't realize how cool he was actually going to be. All right, now the lights are about to come up, so we're going to leave now, and we're going to throw back to... Uh, are those people asleep? Maybe. <laughs> oh, we're going to throw back to uh, David and Adam in the studio. All right. Yeah. Let's do that. Okay. All right. Take it back. Take it away, guys. All right, thanks again, lads, for throwing it back to us. I, I, I totally just blacked out the fact that we did that in the theater. Yeah, I thought we were yeah, outside yeah. as well. That's fucking and shit. I, I remember, you know why I thought we did that? It's because when we did walk out of the theater, right. we, t- directly across the hall uh, was Endgame, which had started like 30 minutes before Dark Phoenix right. did. And in fact, in that first bit where we were talking before we went into theater when we were talking outside of the theater, you could hear like a rumbling in the background. Yeah. And I kept, when we were just listening to it, I thought maybe a car was had like a you know good sound system or something walk, walk by. And then I realized like, oh shit, that's Endgame. Yeah. We were listening to Endgame from across the hall. Sure. So when we left the theater, we both like, we, I don't think we said a word to each other. We looked at each other. We looked at the theater that Endgame was playing in. And then we walked into the door yeah. and up the ramp, but not quite to the seats. Um, you peeked around. Yeah. And you said the theater was full, right? Yeah, it was Pretty full. much full. It was full still. It's full still. And we sat there and c- totally got caught up. Yeah. Um, in the end battle sequence. And I remember when we were walking back, I mean, like maybe two or three minutes. And then when we walked back out, I was like, that two or three minutes that we just saw, just that capture, just that moment in time was better than the two hours we just spent in the theater. Yeah. And that really says a lot about. Honestly, we could probably just stop our our review of the film and just yeah, end it I, on that because it's you're 100% right. Now that I think about it, I don't think we should dedicate a whole lot of time dissecting that film because, no. it, it, you know, like I said, it, what could they have done? What were we expecting? How are they going to tell that story again? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, really, it was just it was a shit swan song for that crew, really. Yeah. Some very talented people who did a good job earlier. I mean, I think out of that group, you, you, well, you know, the high watermark being um, Days of Future Past and then closely followed by, I really liked First Class an awful lot. Mm-hmm. Um and then it all kind of goes a bit pear-shaped after that. I'm mean, Dark Phoenix being the worst, without a doubt, yeah. of that those movies. Now, again, it's much better than um, oh, Wolverine loads. Origins. It's much better yeah. than Last Stand. Last Stand. Yeah, it's better loads. than X-Men 2. I mean, it looked great. Um, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it Oh, uh, and a quick point. Stanley does appear in those other films. He does, yeah. We, we, we looked that up. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, it, the, the opening sequence was great, like we kind of said. I think mm-hmm. we covered everything. I mean, I made some notes. Lilandra was the person that, uh, that w- was, she was the head of the Shi'ar, was the, who we, Jessica Chastain character, we thought she could have been. There was lots of speculation about that. But she's from the Dabari, yeah. which is some race that, you know, the, dark, the Phoenix did destroy their planet. But, well, it destroyed, it ate a star that was in the... She did. Uh, yeah, yeah, she ate the st- a star that was in the... Um, in the solar system of that planet, that star was, planet, yeah. yeah. So that's kind of where they were pissed off. Yeah. But um, but they didn't, you know. In the, I, they there was one yeah. reference. There was one that where they the one like uh, subtitle when they're speaking their English, their own language that they say that who they were. But that was it. They never mentioned right. it again. You know, it was. It, I think we said it. It was fine. Yeah, it was fine. I don't think I'll ever watch it again. But there won't be that kind of drive it, for me to watch it again. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't think so. I don't know. I can't. I'm trying to like maybe give the benefit of the maybe someday a couple of years from now when it's streaming, I might do like a, you know, watch them all. 
right. like over I'm like hey let's start the series again but Days of Future Past I probably will watch again for sure I have watched that multiple yeah. times probably at this um, point Age of Apocalypse I might watch again just seen it before a couple of times yeah um, but this one I don't there wasn't really anything and it, it lacked I mean moving forward hey if you're going to make an X-Men movie um, m- the one advice I have for you is put Wolverine in there somewhere right I mean it seems like I do have some. I know we we we, we said we weren't going to talk about. It, no, but no, no, I, for I have for one you, yeah. little thing. I was thinking about this this morning. Again, I was reading an article. Um, uh, I think it was an IO Nine, IO Nine, which dot com was a pretty mm-hmm. good uh, website if you ever for nerd stuff. Um, and it kind of made me think about something. Um, if I can find my notes on it here, um, it was basically that um the the how there was this film was kind of um you know I had to reshoot a lot of it. Yep. I think that Adam said that um, the last time we talked to him uh, on the last episode, he said that uh, it was taken away from the director, or uh, almost taken away from the director. Yeah. And there was com- some concern about the end of the film being very similar to another end of another Marvel film that had been released there that year, which has got to be Captain Marvel. It must be, yeah. So um, I, I thought about that. I was like, well, that's how they had to re- why had to reshoot. Um, um, never ideal to reshoot in reaction to something else. I think you should just go for it, you know? Like let's see, let let it stand on on its own merit, right. the way it was supposed to be, and let's see which one's better, and yeah. or just let's enjoy both. You know, it doesn't fucking matter to me anyway. But um, the interesting was it was all about the emotions. Her emotions were her strength in the end, right? And that's what kind of caused her to sure. kind of reconnect, yep. which is very similar to Captain Marvel's too. That was what they were kind of getting at too. But it made me think about that. Like, um, why is that a general theme in female empowered films? Like it's not that they're just fucking bad motherfuckers who are gonna oh right yeah. you know but it's yeah. like they're emotional they're emotional because yeah. women are so emotional is that what the suggestion I, is here because it kind of seems like that's what it is which is fucking bullshit obviously yeah but it's the it's their emotions that kind of empower them to make them you know win against all odds and I I just I don't I just don't think that's okay you know no. um it's kind of inherently patronizing um to women so um just a little thought for everyone there um. And that pertains to both Captain Marvel and to um, to uh, the Dark Phoenix. Hmm. So, yeah, you know why wasn't it? You know, if if you think about that, is that have have other have guys gone through that same kind of emotional turmoil? Well, it's my emotions. I'm sure they have, but it just seems kind of a little red flagish to me that you know these two films in this the times that we live in now. Or it's great to see you know films that are centered around right. and, and Captain Marvel a lot more so than Dark Phoenix could be considered as the um, the protagonist of this film or sorry the antagonist of this film so almost like the you know but still it's named Dark Phoenix because it's about Jean Grey right yeah um, to kind of put that like oh it's because of their emotions is that kind of what made them win I don't know if if I like that too much yeah I don't either yeah you know yeah that's kind of disappointing if that is I mean not I'm not as surprised with Dark Phoenix but I'm really disappointed if that's you know what's kind of the motivation for Captain Marvel it really seemed well I guess I'd have to go back and watch it like I, I don't right. think I caught that but you know I've been now you could just you could you could say it's not emotion it's her humanity that made her strong which may be more so in Captain Marvel but I don't know man uh, just either way there's kind wh- of when the I yeah it just kind of made me think a little bit which yeah. hey, it's a good thing anyway let's all think about everything all the time but not everything all the time but let's think about these things and how they're kind of uh, what message that's kind of portraying so um, yeah but well, I think we'll leave it at that with this film. Um, I, I guess that I'm, I'm, I, we said it all. Like I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how Disney deals with these characters. Yeah. Now they have. We probably won't see anything for a good five years, probably. 
just to kind of shoehorn them in. TV I don't series, know. I think that's the best way. Yeah, could yeah. be, you know, um, uh, on the Disney Channel, the upcoming Disney Channel. Yep. So, um, but yeah, um, again, I guess the, the real review of this movie comes down to those two to three minutes of Endgame that we watched and we, you turned to me and go, <laughs> yeah. that was better than that two hours we just spent. And that's yeah. kind of probably the most damning kind of critique we can give, which is unfortunate, but, yeah. you know, that's just the way it was. Yeah. So, yeah, um, book club, turn the page on the, oh, yeah. on the X-Men. Yep. All right. Okay, so if Dark Phoenix were like, hey, yeah, maybe catch it when it's streaming, you know, like, yeah, yeah. You, you know how we feel about it now. Um, I'm going to kind of think of like something that you should like if, if if anybody listening is like, oh, what should I binge this weekend? Yeah. Or like a long weekend coming up or something like that. Um, I follow Neil Gaiman on Twitter and, um, you know, he, like he's been in the news a lot lately because Good Omens just came out um, on Amazon Prime, right? Have you watched it yet? Uh, yes, I'm spacing it out. I'm parsing it out. How uh, many have you watched? Two. Me too. Yeah. Um, I sh- note real quick. So, Maybe we already talked about this. I can't remember. I told somebody about this, but Good Omens is, has been one of my favorite books for ages. Mm-hmm. When I moved to England, um, it was recommended to me to read when I first got there, and so I I read it, and then it allowed me to bond a little bit with my the new employees, the people that I worked with who were super English, and I was not obviously. And while we had some things in common, we could always talk about um, you know Good Omens and The Simpsons. And as it turned out, where I was was just right down the road from where Terry Pratchett lived. Fucking love him, man. Uh, yeah, and and so uh, of course I dove into Discworld novels, and then uh, Barry St. Edmonds is the town, and they had like a little, not really a museum, but they had a shop that was full of like Discworld related stuff. Really? I, I want to go there. It's pretty cool. Um, I've read every single one of his books. Oh, they're terrific. I, I, yeah, they're awesome. I'm a huge fan. And you said go. I should go to Barry on on the weekends and just kind of stroll around, like you know, out of the corner of my eye, looking to see if I could see him, just because I was so fascinated. Used with to wear that big hat. He's very. That's what I was looking for. Guy, yeah. Man. Um, so I Rinswin, in my mind, he's he's Rinswin. Yeah, I don't know if he wrote I, I that think that's like that, but in my mind, he was, it, yeah. Yeah, he was always Rinswin. Um, so I, I was very fond of that book, and then I've been recommending it. If to, no one knows about people. Terry Pratchett books, read them. They're Discworld books. You should fucking go out there and read them. Yeah, it's right. like uh, it's like satire parody of fantasy. Yeah, it takes, satirical fantasy, exactly. It's, it's basically well, satirical like current events. Like yeah. they take what's happening in the world and they turn it on its head using a fantasy background. Yeah. But they are hilarious. Yeah, it's about this flat world, which is <laughs> flat earthers. Yeah. This flat world called the disc world that sits on top of four, four elephants. elephants that sits on top of a giant turtle. Yeah, the great to and yeah. Floats through the space, through, through the cosmos. Um, it's terrific. And so, and then that spun me on to, I had read Sandman, but that was about it from Neil Gaiman. Anyways, I, long history with this. Um, so, just before I got married, uh, the girl who I dated prior to my wife, um, she sent like, you know, we, we've separated, whatever, no big deal. And didn't think it was that bad of a breakup, but about a week before my wedding day, I get a package at work. I was working at pen up at the time and, um, it was, I opened it up and it's a copy of good omens. And I was like, well, this is fucking weird. Mm-hmm. And I open it up and inside it says to Adam, sorry about the world ending Neil Gaiman. And I was like, what? What the fuck? Yeah. Is that? And then in the back, in the back page, was a note from the girl that I had dated that was like, "Uh, like got this for you a year ago. <laughs> um, like never got shouldn't have broke up with me. Never got around to giving it to you while we were dating or whatever. And which is all I think is it that one girl I'm thinking? Yeah, of? Yeah, no, yeah. we're not mentioning any names yeah, here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it was this book, which my favorite book in the world. 
personalized to me from the author was given to me out of spite. <laughs> so that's yeah, I, I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So given to me, fucking out, hell, out of spite. And there was like this, these highs and lows of like ah hey, yeah. <laughs> um, you know. And so I I wanted it to that's be like fucking next level shit right yeah, there, dude. No kidding. Fucking hell. Yeah. Um, what's crazy is it like, yeah. So all of the layers that had to go in the layers of deception for me to get that book is banana cake. Um, so I'm very fond of this story. I'm very fond of the yeah. book. I'm very fond of the authors. And so I, you know, taking my time with this and really kind of absorbing it. Uh, and it, it's great. It's, I mean, it's incredibly printed page, but so anyways, um, on, uh, Twitter before, before we move off the good omens thing. Oh, no, we're coming back to good omens. Okay, but there's a podcast there. David Tennant does a podcast. Have you started listening to those yet? No. David Tennant does a podcast, uh, Doctor Who reference here. Bing, 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 bing. Yep. Everyone, yep. you know, drink. Uh, <laughs> he does a, he does one of his, where he just talks to someone one-on-one. It's a famous, other per, famous person. Sure. It's not necessarily an actor, because he's done other ones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he does one with um, uh, uh, Michael Sheen. Oh, good. And uh, they talk a lot about Good Omens. Oh, good. Okay. And they talk a lot about Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman. So I'll you should try and check I that will. out. Yeah. Okay, we anyway, should. Sorry. Bring that back around a little bit later. Yeah. Um, so on Twitter the other day, somebody, um, Business Insider has like the top nine streaming uh, shows right now yeah. across devices. And two of them, and Neil Gaiman was like, hey, two of these came out of my brain when I was 26 years old. And I was like, two of them. Hmm. So obviously Good Omens because it's new. And I was like, what could it be? So I opened this. So I obviously opened the article. And um, it's Business Insider. And every week they get... Um, a report from uh, Parrot Analytics, and they they um, just monitor all streaming consumption, and it's it's mostly the data is used probably for advertisers. Yeah. You know, like, but they've got like the streaming shows with the most impressions per week. So I'm yeah. going to read them to you real quick. Go. Starting from from uh, nine up. Yeah, we got to go. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so get, no, number nine. some kind of yeah. um, uh, you know tension yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So number nine is Black Mirror. That's good. I like they're, Black Mirror. I like the. I haven't seen them all. I've seen different. I've been. You know, you've seen, seen the the most recent ones. First just, season. I've seen the one, the Choose Your Own Adventure one. You know that one where you had to kind of like click your. Remote? Oh, I haven't watched that one yet. Because you should check that one. It out. won't. It wouldn't work on Apple TV. So I have to, oh. I have to find somewhere to watch. It. I have to like do it on my computer. I did it. I have a Fire Stick. I was on yeah. Fire Stick. I guess. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So it came in at number nine. Um. Good. They're good. They're great. Some good. of those uh, are fucking really good. Actually. Sixty-three percent of Rotten Tomatoes. I'm trying to find. Really? It. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It That's, doesn't well. say overall impressions for this one. Um, so number eight is uh, Cobra Kai. The um, I haven't watched any of them. The Cobra Kai? Mm-mm. Oh, man. The YouTube? It's so good. Yeah, it's YouTube. Yeah. Um, YouTube Premium, which I, I don't think I've ever paid for YouTube, but somehow I watch them. I don't know. I don't get it. I'm about to any of that. Cu- cut the cord, or the cable cord, and go to YouTube TV completely. It's 50 bucks a month. Yeah. And I'm going to go with Google Fire. I'm waiting for Google Fire to sure. fucking connect. but And then I'm going to basically cut my... Um, my bill on half just to have YouTube TV, TV which oh, is yeah. everything on there. Um, oh, I guess we should have said, so Black Mirror, if you've never seen it, it think of like Twilight Zone, yeah. but in the modern digital age. Yeah. Like there's a kind of like our relationship with, um, you yeah. know, like the digital art community, you know. With yeah, everybody's. Computers and internet. Sure, a ton of famous people are on it. Yeah. Everybody wants to be on it. And every, there's been maybe of all of the episodes, I think there's two that have like feel good endings. And they feel good. <laughs> yeah. Too. And it feels like so good after watching all these dark episodes. Pig fucking. How about that? 
That was in the first yeah, episode. Yeah, even then that one wasn't like a feel yeah. good, but it was like, whoa, yeah. whoa. But the yeah, pig fucking the thing was the fucked up. The first episode, yeah. yeah. What? This it's is insane. where we're going with this. Yeah. Um, it's great. Uh, and then, so Cobra Kai, if you're unfamiliar with it, it's basically Karate Kid, but 30 years later. Yeah. Each, you know, Johnny and Daniel, they have moved on with their lives and they're doing separate things, but they kind of come back together. I believe it's great, but I just it is, it is terrific. If you're uh, fond of the original Karate Kid. I love that fucking film. Yeah. Just the original one. That's all you need to know. The original one. I watched that film, turned around and punched the door. Terrific. I did the crane kick on my little brother. Yeah. I did um, not do it. We, um, was it the second one? I think I think it was the, uh, the Karate Kid 2 when Mr. Miyagi is like working on his house and he's teaching Daniel how to like hit a nail with the hammer with one strike. You know, you just drive yeah. it in. We fucked up my neighbor's house doing that, <laughs> trying to do it when I was like 10 years old. Um, all right, so that's and that has almost 29 million uh, impressions or expressions, as they say last week. Uh, so yeah, that's a lot. Uh, so coming in at thirty, almost thirty-one million imp- expressions is Doom Patrol. I uh, haven't seen it yet, but we did uh, cover. Well, we didn't cover. We did mention in our catch-up episode, mm-hmm. I think, the DC streaming uh, channel, and and our question was, is anybody fucking watching this show? Well, they should because it's right. great. I, I have heard great things about. I the Doom watched Patrol. the first episode last night, and if they had a bigger budget, this shit would be everywhere. Yeah, it is. T- and it kind of shows you and the budgets must be okay because special effects look pretty good, but they look pretty good. They're not awesome. Right. But it's like um, the storyline is just, it's insane. It's how good it is. There is talk. The acting there, is tremendous. Like, yeah. There's the, that's the one big standout on that DC service. Um, yeah. And it's the one thing that people are saying, well, it hasn't been renewed yet for season two. Yeah. Because I think they're scared to serve the whole streaming service might be going away because the Teen Titans thing isn't doing well and then the well or is it not Titans well, on DC Universe well uh, came maybe in at number six doing better than I thought but 32 million expressions but probably as a result of but I then Swamp Thing which is by James Wan got yep. cancelled after one episode so yep. there's lots of I mean I don't know maybe it'll be great but yeah I um, think um, Doom Patrol though I've heard so it's, Doom it's Patrol I mean it's you know it, it, Going into it, you don't really know anything. You've seen X-Men. You've seen the Avengers. It's basically an old eccentric guy who's kind of curating a, a team of, I mean, they're superheroes, but they're incredibly, incredibly flawed. I mean, like, yeah. inc- cr- just twisted how flawed these. It, it's fucking dark. There's one it's one scene where I, I was like, oh, sh- I'm going to have to turn this off. I can't take this. It's amazing. Dang. It's really fucking good. And hard. there's a couple scenes that are incredibly hard to watch. Um so I'm excited about seeing riding that show out. So uh, number six, like I said, um, Titans, which I don't know anything about. I mean, um, I like the Teen Titans cartoon. Yeah, and that's essentially what it is. It's the Teen Titans, but it's, it's serious. It's serious Teen yeah. Titans um, cursing coming together. So another super team coming together. Uh, but yeah, for thirty-two Teen Titans are Cyborg, Robin, Raven, uh, Starfire, uh, Beast Boy. They're the Teen Titans. The Invince, uh, the level Beast Boy. Yeah, um, Rotten Tomatoes gave it seventy-nine percent. Okay, so, well there you go. Um, Doom Patrol, Doom Patrol, ninety five percent of Rotten Tomatoes. So, uh, so that's number six. Uh, number five. Number five coming in at thirty three point two million expressions is The Handmaid's Tale. I haven't watched any of those either. Oh, you. That's it's I heavy. Know. It's hard. I mean, it's this goes back to I, we just don't have the time. And then also sure. my earlier point, episodes ago, I said if if you're an actor and you're not, you can't find you fucking can't work find now. Good work. You're not a very good fucking yeah. actor because there's so much stuff out there. There's so much content. Yeah, and the, the timing for The Handmaid's Tale could not be I mean, better, and it's unbelievable. Yeah, and it's, I just, it's one yeah. of those ones that I, ha- I want to get to. I'm, 
I have to get to. I will get to it. I would point, say but. if you're binging The Handmaid's Tale, you need a therapist. You <laughs> should get, go before you do something atrocious because you'd have to be a sociopath um, to binge that show. There's I no think way. that's why I haven't because I'm yeah, kind of scared of it a little yeah. bit. Um, did you see who was it? One of the Kardashians had like a Handmaid's Tale themed party and it was just not. Just they, The optics just weren't. They just missed the mark with them a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, so coming in at number four at in four. 33.4 million expressions was Good Omens because obviously it's yeah. relatively new. Um, Good Omens, kind of the story of heaven and earth, or heaven and hell, their war, it's apocalypse essentially. Antichrist. On the Antichrist mm-hmm. and the, the angel and the demon have been on earth since time began and they've developed us kind of a friendship and um, they don't want the earth to end and it is lovely. It is, but I, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not, I haven't been really pulled in deeply in it. Yeah. I, um, I watched the first two as well and I was like, yeah, that's fine. But I was distracted. Yeah. Maybe I just need to pick a better time it's, to watch it. It's just the nuances in the show that like are such just great nods to the book. Just, you yeah. know, you could tell there's so much due care that went in to protect that For property. Sure. Uh, all right, moving on. Another heavy one at 38 million expressions. And this is When They See Us on Netflix. And this is the... Um, the Central Park Five. Yeah, I have not watched this either. Yeah, it's. Uh, I haven't seen it, but or um, I have to. Everyone's talking about it for sure. And I, have, and I um, imagine it's going to be another one where it's just you, you have know. to like wring your brain after every episode. But I know the uh, story. If you don't, if you know the story of this, this is about five young African American men who are basically falsely accused, falsely of accused of of um, raping this woman in the park, a jogger, and they were kind of. Uh, they were um, basically tried and convicted in, over in the media, um, and then our current well, president um, took out a uh, well full, full page. page ad, yeah, and uh, saying they should be um, what was it hung, something like that. These men, oh something like that, yeah. Yeah, I mean it was atrocious. So uh, uh, yeah, I haven't watched it yet, but that's definitely in my queue. Not really concerned with Rotten Tomato score on that one, but this one shocked me. This next one, number two, number two, in number two, two at forty six. 46 million expressions. Impressions. Uh, well, this, it says expressions. expressions. Yeah. Is that what it, oh that's, no. what, uh, that's what Parrot Analytics used. Um, na- Lucifer. What? Yeah. That's not good. Uh, well, okay. See, I thought the same thing. Like, I watched the first season, and I was like, it's just a procedural yeah. with a character that was based on uh, a story from Neil Gaiman that kind of spun out of the Sandman. The graphic novel is amazing, and the story is terrific. I, I read the, the so, graphic novel. Yeah, so essentially in Sandman, Lucifer decides he doesn't want to rule over hell anymore, hands right. the keys over to, to Morpheus. Morpheus has to decide who's going to rule hell in his place. Now, um, oh, crap, who is the who wrote the Lucifer? It's going to drive me crazy now. I totally forgot. But anyways. Garth Ennis? Was it? Um Anyways, Lucifer decides he's going to give up ruling hell and he's going to move to Earth and he's going to um, he's going to run like a piano bar and he's going to just yeah. be a, a piano player, or a piano man. Um, and then, you know, obviously hijinks ensue because he is the morning star. Um, yeah, but the first season I didn't think was all that great. I was like, okay, it's just whatever. Yeah, but it's a procedural. It's, it's like it's uh, like fucking um, yeah. watching um, CSI. Right, except with in hell. Satan instead of which is Yeah, exactly, it's stupid. Exactly. It's, it, Yes. Just ridiculously uh, stupid. He, so season four, I guess Netflix took over. 
And Rotten Tomatoes, you know what the score they gave season four? What? 100%. Fuck dude. off. Yeah. That's w- bullshit. W- well, Entertainment Weekly says, uh, what a ride. We just enjoyed what? 10 episodes of practically perfect television. Thank you, what? Netflix. Yeah. Uh, I, I could not be Do we more. Have to, can we just jump in in season four then? I'm going to give it a shot. I mean, I, I know. Surely on episode one, there's like a previously on Lucifer, and then you're all caught up. Previously on, yeah, you know, yeah. he's. Hundred oh, no. percent, dude. I just, and forty six, okay. forty six and a half million expressions. Uh, number one, number one um, with fifty three. one. Uh, Stranger Things. Oh, people are catching up before people are July fourth. Before July fourth, exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, so those are the that's again that's Business Insider, and I guess every week they post the the top nine based from Parrot Analytics. So it's just yeah. what people are watching, and um, so there you go. So, so what we should all be watching. Yeah. Except for Lucifer. I'm, I'm going to. You I'm do, do it. it. I'm yeah. not. Okay. All right. You can I'll report back. And we'll report back. And then, you know, hopefully be like Gardens. We're like, oh, I think I've got a good feeling about this. And yeah. I'm like, you're stupid. Well, I, I don't think I do not have a good feeling about <laughs> it. So we'll see. All right. So um, as a kind of a addendum to that last little bit, um, we... Um, Adam was talking about all these um, imp- imp- expressions, expressions, right? Expressions. Well, that's what they F- call 50 it. million for fucking Lucifer or whatever. Yeah. Um, well, what I watched last week was um, uh, Book Rogers in the 21st Century on MeTV. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, Planet of the Slave Girls, part one episode. And it was to be continued. And, and they, I don't know. Well, I'm sure I can find it on YouTube. But this is the old Gil Gerard from the 70s. Oh, yeah. 70s. Um, um uh, a very early episode of the show and it was great and it was terrible and it was so 70s um in attitude and look and uh the big bad in the in this episode this two-part episode they pulled all the stops it was jack fucking palance so oh, jack wow. palance was out there chewing up the scenery as some kind of um uh, far alien um dystopian uh rebellion leader who had burning hands that he could like just touch the touch of death he could give you anyway it was the whole thing book yeah tweety dr hewer dr theopolis dr hewer um wilma um it was great and it was super and skin tight spacesuits yeah, it, it's been a while since i've seen it but <laughs> it's in, on me tv every in, um, thursday night or first, it was saturday night star trek first then followed by that then the invaders um, so yeah, very convincing 60s, 70s is that science fiction where TV. The Birdman from Rick and Morty was he based on? Was it that show? It's got to be because he looks just like him. Yeah, Hawk. Hawk. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that was that was season two or three it when they later. they went to they went to traveling around in, in a spaceship instead of being on Earth mm-hmm. all the time. Uh, one of the scariest episodes of TV I ever saw when I was a kid was the one where they had the space vampire in it. That was fucking scary. Like right around the, the same time Salem's Lot came out. Instead of Salem's Lot was something I wasn't allowed to watch because it would give me nightmares, but the Space Vampire was on, was on like a Saturday at like six o'clock in the afternoon in the evening, and uh, I watched it and I was scared out of my mind. A very kind of um, uh, Nosferatu looking Space Vampire, if anyone remembers that or not, just uh, you know look for it on Space on uh, YouTube. I'm sure, it's out there. Space Vampire Book Rogers, and you can uh, check that uh, uh, monster out. So um, what we're going to do now, we're going to talk quickly about, uh, we're going to do a new little feature. Probably won't be every episode, but every once in a while, we're going to do like a little podcast corner. Yeah. And we're going to talk about what podcasts we're listening to, because obviously that's such a big thing now in, in, in our social and um, uh, pop culture that, um, I mean, that's what all I listen to is podcasts. 
predominantly anyway from um uh you know kind of show episodes where they are talkies where they just kind of you know uh, back and forth with a special guest to um um, like stories, to series stories, yeah. and, or yeah. documentaries, Almost and then also like, radio like programs. yeah, and also fictional stories too. Um, so we're just gonna kind of go over what we've been listening to over the last like month or two, and uh, uh, hopefully give some recommendations and maybe some some uh, ideas to stay away from. So yesterday you gave me recommend, or two days ago you gave me a recommendation of the Habitat, which I just finished. Oh, you did um, uh, this morning. Uh, that's so funny because I realized when I pulled up my um, podcast app that I had three minutes left of like the last yeah. episode. So I, I finished it on the drive in today too, but it was the, uh, the episode eight, the one where they talked to the, uh, the bones. Okay, yeah, I don't yeah. Wanna, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But you should check that out. The habit. That's pretty good. It's, I thought it was fun. Yeah. You know, on the, on the pod meter, um, one to five, what would you give it? Three and a half. Yeah. Probably. It's solid. Yeah. yeah. I mean, definitely bingeable. Yeah. And there's the episodes are so short. They're like yeah. 30 minutes. Yeah. Which kind of works for me. Too. And we, and it's kind of a throwback from when we were chatting with Adam, the Mars one thing. It's yeah. just a, it's a year long um, experiment with six fake astronauts just to see how people live in. Right. What did it, was it like 33 feet across or something? I'm trying to remember yeah. your man stepping out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and it's kind of like correspondence from them to the journalist. Uh, then they just kind of pull it all together, edit yeah. it all together after, yeah. after the year. And uh, you get kind of glimpses of what that would be like. Um Yeah, it was good. Some of what you think, some of not what you think. Yeah. Yeah. But they've, and they, I, I like that they, well, I'm not going to spoil it, but it was, it's a good show. Yeah. Uh, my first ever podcast I really ever listened to was WTF, What the Fuck with Mark yeah, Maron. Sure. Which I still pop in and out of every once in a while, mm-hmm. depending on who his guest is. Again, I, I like him. Um, his, what was it, a thousand episode or 10,000 episode, whatever it was, his big anniversary episode. He had his, it was just basically him and his producer. And they kind of talked about how this, re- this show is really about, not really about the people Mark talked to, but more about Mark. You got to go through his, his life, life yeah. um, and uh, and that was and that's pretty accurate. And um, you find it like how he he's so bitter at the beginning of these things. He's so bitter, and his career hasn't taken off. And then through the course of this podcast, his life completely changed. Yeah, he's became Mark Maron. Yeah, you know, built a career. And yeah. um, fuck, he talked to the president. You know, the sitting president he had in his garage. So if you don't know what the fuck, you should definitely check it out. It's always in the top five or so of podcasts um but um he's yeah, got some really really don't good ones like just g- scroll through and find someone that you have yeah. interest in and listen to the interview with them yeah which is what i did with when i first started listening to nerdist yeah um i didn't really care about those guys but every now and then they'd have like really yeah. cool people I'm like okay yeah they did some really good ones because louis ck is a really was a really good friend of him they both came up together as comedians and then he had some brilliant ones on with Louis C.K. on before all the stuff before came all out. The shit, yeah. And but then he addressed that and it was really touching. Like oh, he good. was so upset like about honest. it yeah. and honest and just like was crying. And he's like, I couldn't believe this is my friend and all this kind of stuff. So uh, like Mark Marin is if he's not anything, he's just brutally honest with himself, about himself and with the people. He that's his in. brand now. You can get a little sick of Fanti sometimes like when he's someone in there he's really overawed with. And that's OK. It's probably understandable. Sure. He gets a little fanboyish. But most of the time, he's pretty direct. And like Gallagher, he had on it's a classic episode where he just walked out. The guy just left. Um, but yeah, Mark Marin, you should always yeah, definitely if, check If you're it listening out. to this podcast, you've seen it come up on right. your list. Then. Yeah. Um, what about you? Um, I, it would be remiss if I didn't mention First Issue. Um, yeah. First Issue Club podcast, they're local KC guys uh, and girls. They're, um, it's terrific. It's relevant. It's pretty cool. So they do... Um, it sounds like they've known each other forever. And I don't, actually, I don't know if they have or not, but that's what it sounds like. They sound like they have a really good time doing it. But they take, in this huge nebulous nebulous world of like comic books, like yeah. print comic books, 
there's just like too much. Like every time you go to the comic store, there's always the first issue of whatever. And so they, every week they yeah. pick out one or two first issues uh, that are out that week. So new stuff, not like first issue of Uncanny X-Men. Um, and then they talk about it and they kind of do a deep dive in it. And it's um, it, sometimes it's irreverent and they're just really silly. Um, but they're super, also super knowledgeable and they make it um, easily digestible. And it just sounds like they're having so much fucking fun. I like, I just want to kind of go sit in with them when they're doing it and just watch. Um, I caught their panel at Comic-Con and it was great. So uh, I definitely want to give a shout out to those guys. And you could just pick up anywhere. You could pick up cool. this week or you could go to the very beginning. But if you pick up the week that's released, it's relevant to what's going on at yeah. the moment. So they did a review of Endgame um, that was, that was you know, really spot on and entertaining. So As good I'm, as ours? I mean, you know, <laughs> uh, probably more educated. I don't know. Um, uh, but no, it's pretty good. So that, I, that, that would be my one of my nods uh, this week. Since I would you, say. Since you stole Habitat. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Uh, I would say uh, another one I've been listening to forever is uh, Kermode, Kermode and Mayo's Film Review from mm-hmm. BBC Radio 5, which is basically their show on BBC Radio 5 that they basically just pulled into a podcast. Now, what they've done is, though, they always have a little bit at the start that's extra for the pod, the podcast listeners and then a little bit at the end, too. So you, do, you don't just get the radio show. You get actually like starting it. Oh, bonus content yeah, I think without Mar- being a Patreon. They're brilliant together. Supporter. They've known each other for a long time. They bicker like an old married couple. Um, Mark Hermode, for my money, is probably the best film critic out there. Um, uh, usually, you know, I would say that because a lot of times our opinions line up. So sure. maybe it's just the fact that I just like he agrees with me a lot. But um, he usually steers you in the right direction. Super educated. He's a doctor of film. So um, he has his uh, actual PhD in film uh, filmmaking or um, in film. Um, so I would always recommend that. It's uh, You know, he just really, and he goes on these rants sometimes that are just fucking hilarious about specific films. Sure. He's not a fan of them. Um, uh, what's his name uh, Jerry Bruckheimer at all and also not a fan Michael Bay he's <laughs> not a fan of his right, at all yeah. um, but he's he's just really really good and they're like I said they're good together and they're entertaining so I would always recommend that become a member of the church they call themselves the church of uh, Kermode and, oh, and Mayo so and not in a religious way it's very or the village they're a part of you know listeners they're parishioners you know and they're kind of almost have created this little community in a way um, and they say hello to Jason Isaacs every episode because he's a friend of the show because him and Mark Hamill went to school together when we hmm. were kids. That's nice. So if That's you nice. listen, um, actually, I think uh, the last time we talked uh, in our last episode, I actually said hello to Jason Isaacs and that was a little mini callback for myself. Oh, there. nice, yeah. So yeah, right, Kermode nice. and Mayo um, uh, film review. Uh, all right, so I'll close it out with um, currently uh, tomorrow I will be listening to the third episode of Inside Star Wars. Cool. Now, inside, if you're unfamiliar, so inside Star Wars, um, it's uh, it's on the Wandering Network, and David, probably about a year ago, I guess it's been maybe a year ago, year and a half ago, he was like, he made me listen to um, the first five minutes of a new podcast. He's like, check this out, maybe listen yeah. to it, and I was fucking hooked, yeah. and that was inside Jaws. So what this guy does is um, he does a deep dive into a specific like landmark or groundbreaking film. So the first one was inside. I, I didn't even actually know the order that they came in because they were either. all, I think they were all out when I listened, when I started listening yeah. to them. So he must've been making um, inside star Wars. Then that's, so that's the one I'll talk about and I'll, I'll throw it back over to you cause you yeah. have more experience. Uh, but he's done inside star Wars, inside um, psycho inside jaws and inside exorcist. Uh, the exorcist. Very scary. And yeah. Uh, it is terrific. It, usually there were about eight, eight or nine episodes long that's pretty short and the episodes themselves are 30 minutes so it's easily digestible but um it's he's a one-man show doing this deep dive into 
not just the movie, but like what inspired the creator or the director or the producer, whoever the focus of the, um, the, uh, the podcast is on, uh, really going back to their childhood yeah. and what, what kind of influenced them early on to become the filmmaker that they're going to be. And then what in that time kind of directed them to, uh, pick up these, like, you know, with Jaws, it was a book by, uh, Benchley, um, Star Wars is just like, this is, um, it, tracks back to George Lucas's experience going to the theater and watching serials and how he wanted to eventually make Flash Gordon. Um, but it's really well done. It's really well produced. Um, and I'll have to wait until this one's over, but for my money inside jaws was yeah. by far the best of all of them. Yeah. He uh, intersperses it is worth like, a fucking, yeah. Yeah. Oh my he God. intersperses dramatic content like in every episode. Um, that was for me yeah, too. Whoa. I think inside jaws is, like a fucking for two reasons podcast masterpiece yeah because one it's my all-time favorite film yeah if, I'm, if people aren't aware that is my all-time favorite film i think it's almost a perfect movie for me um um and yeah it, he just did it really well it he was really one of the best job. audio experiences um, i've yeah. had yeah from yeah. someone who who has you know i think i know quite a bit about this film obviously um i was uh, exposed to stuff that i hadn't i wasn't aware of yeah. and it was just really super entertaining and you know, it gave a little extra stuff to the to the film to kind of, you know, fill that picture out for me a little bit more. Um, so leading on to from that too, obviously, I want, we've talked about it last time, I never actually got to talk about it, was I met Richard Dreyfuss, how I just met Richard Dreyfuss. So my wife, my lovely wife, for um, my birthday, bought me a, uh, a ticket for an, an evening with Richard Dreyfuss, or jawing, <laughs> yeah. pardon the pun, jawing with Jaw. Richard Dreyfuss. Yeah. The fucking funny thing was, he didn't want to talk about jaws at all. Sure, yeah. <laughs> um, and but it was basically a meet and greet with him to start the film which I got to talk to him I got a signed copy really what I was really after a signed copy of the poster from Richard Dreyfus that I've hung up now in my in my in my house it's like hanging over your bed like <laughs> on the ceiling above your head <laughs> and uh, it was um, you know got to meet him got to talk to him had a few jokes um, we'll put one of the pictures up of me yeah. meeting Richard Dreyfus um, he talked about my hair and uh okay how I is that, that what he wanted to talk hair. to me it's like okay we could talk about jaws but no we didn't talk about jaws talking. a lot I, I told him how it affected me yeah. an awful lot and it was like my all-time favorite film and what so you said he, he didn't want to hair. talk to jaws was it just like he wanted to talk about other things yeah like he wants to talk about other things like he wanted they basically so you, you met him you know and then you went in and then for two hours or an hour and a half an hour 45 minutes he talked about his career Okay. And he had a mediator, um, which is a friend of his, sure, sure. I guess. Okay, just um, kind of guiding the conversation. Yeah, yeah just yeah. asking him questions. And then they, he talked about his career and his life, and he was brutally honest about himself. I guess he, you know, obviously, I think if you know anybody, Richard Dreyfuss, he obviously had, as we all have demons, he had struggles with substance abuse um, throughout his life, and then he got all cleaned up. But So he had, you know, he's brutally honest about everything. And he said to me, actually, he's like, and I didn't actually ask him questions. He's like, listen, you should ask a question and you can ask me anything because I'm going to tell you anything you want to know. Use this opportunity to like ask me something. Whoa. Whatever it is, I will give you a truthful answer. About. Yeah. So, so this is in Kansas, remember. He's sitting in Johnson County, Kansas, uh, Johnson County Community College, and he just goes on a kind of a civil, um, um, uh, civics rant. How... We don't teach our kids civics anymore. Okay. We teach our kids. We don't teach. We don't educate our kids in in how the world works from that perspective, and it's gonna, it's causing society to break down. And you know this. He didn't go specific on Trump, but I mean he was really laying it right, hard yeah. on um, yeah. how this current situation that we're in is. If we aren't careful, 
And if we don't do what we're supposed to do, specifically with our children and our friends and our co-workers and our colleagues and our lovers, if we don't help educate people and ourselves, um, you know, society or America specifically, not society, America specifically as a country and the ideal of that is finished. And like it was a fucking rant. Was it? Did it fall on deaf ears or was it appropriate? Do you think the I would crowd say seventy percent of the people were behind it and thirty percent weren't? Huh. Um. So, uh, which again, considering where we're at, sure. No, no, no. I get it. No. it, it that makes sense to me. Yeah. But it was just, uh, did it make me feel a little uncomfortable? Yeah. Um, I would hope that I'm aware of the situation that we're in currently and obviously don't agree was with it. Was it just an example of someone being able to use a platform yeah. that they have in order to kind of... He's he's like he, he's started a foundation about it. Like he goes and talks to uh, law, local law enforcement colleges to talk about civics and people's rights and, and what it means to be an American and what it should mean. Right. So he's this is what he does now. This whole thing, John R- Richard Dreyfus was basically... His way to get to talk to us. That was the important see, that part was of the this. the whole reason he was doing yeah, it. Yeah, that Not was the. He was like, nope. I need was, money, so I'm gonna yeah. go. The important part was him to talk about community this. college to community college. Yeah. Which was, I mean, I, I applaud him. I stood any, up and gave him a stand ovation at the end of it. So, did anybody? Was there anybody in the office audience that was like, stick to acting or anything like that? Did you? Um, there was almost someone you know wanted to talk about specifically about Jaws, and he obviously didn't want to. Sure. Um, and. Um, but he was polite, you know, super polite, very nice. He he cried multiple times during this thing. Jesus, like he was, he's like, he's like he's very in touch with his emotions now. Yeah. The the coolest thing for me, aside from the civics part and um, the political end of it, was he talked about um, Robert Shaw, who oh um, wow yeah was his co-star. I Quint guess they the didn't film. get along. They didn't, for and he talked about that. Yeah, um, because he he said that when he first met him, he made the mistake of kind of. Tell him how awesome he thought he was and how incredible he was. And he had seen him before in, in, in Hamlet and right. he'd stolen the show from the lead. And, and he said, and I shouldn't have done that because I get, I exposed myself to him and he fucking let me have yeah. it for the whole time. And then they were supposed to have a cantankerous relationship, you know, in the film too. So I think, and as a method actor, he probably was doing that too. But he's like, but I love this man. I loved him. Sure. And he talked about how he got to meet his Robert Shaw's granddaughter on an Irish TV show called Late Late Show years and years prior. And uh, he had he, he was moved to tears when he met her because he shared stories with her grandfather that she didn't know. Oh, and yeah. So he he, oh, he moved cool. to tears yeah. again, and he was you know crying about that. It was it was just really really cool, man. Hmm. Um, and uh, you know you kind of have to take your hat off to someone like that um, for for doing this and for you know at least trying to make this country and world a better place. Um, and then but the funny thing was, I would say. 80% of the people, as soon as he was done, got up and left. Now, we did talk for quite a long time, and then they put Jaws on, which oh, I was there to see Jaws too. Yeah. <laughs> so I watched the film as well. I can go home to 1 o'clock in the morning, but yeah. I was fine with it. That's awesome. But it was a really, really cool moment. And uh, um, out of those three f- actors, the main actors in that, in that film, um, Roy Scheider and uh, Robert Shaw and him, he's the, only, he's the surviving member. Soul so survivor, yeah. It was nice to kind of at least meet that guy, you know. Um, but yeah, that was my kind of Richard Dreyfuss experience. So, But Wondery... Uh, and Inside Jaws is an incredible podcast and I would recommend we would both recommend Hartley download it now and check it out yeah absolutely after listening to us of course I mean <laughs> we're number one right <laughs> on your podcast list so those are uh, those are just a few podcasts that we recommend but you know I'm curious I want to know like anybody who might be listening what what are you listening to what other podcasts I mean clearly you have your app out 
maybe um, you know take a look and see what you've been listening to a lot and share it with us. On I take on recommendations Instagram. from fucking anybody. Yeah, I mean, because we're always you know, I know I'm in my car so much that I'm always looking for something new. <clears throat> and I assume if you're listening to this, then we are you know kind of likes are aligned. So if you do, if you're listening to a podcast and yeah. you want to recommend it, um, give us a shout on Headspace. Let's get a conversation going. Uh, Headspace Invaders. At uh, Hspace Invaders on at, Twitter. Yeah, at Hspace Invaders uh, on Twitter. And then um, also, you know, like, so we're about to dive into our favorite portion of the of the show, yeah. which is David's uh, movies that he loves, which he thinks are shit, or that the public at large thought they, were shit. Thought they were shit. I'd also like to know, like, what movies are other people's kind of, like, now, guilty pleasure isn't really the right word, but what's something that is has notably failed, but you're mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm still kind of fond of it. I, you know, it, it kind of sucks. So uh, let's get that conversation going. So reach out to us. Let us let us know your thoughts. Uh, yeah, and it's a, it's a very it's a very wide we're casting a wide net here because yeah. you know a lot of times these films are successful. It's not necessarily that's it true. Necessarily mean yeah, that's no, no, that's successful. But you know, genre films are generally panned, right? You know, and then these films are. Th- a lot of times, I mean, Tango. Well, I mean, it was a cop, a buddy cop. Is that what we're doing, Tango and Tango? Cash? No, we already did that one. Oh, right. Um, but um, you know, genre films t- tend to be, you know, not taken as seriously. Right. Um, so you know, you could lump every fucking one of these genre movies or sci-fi movies, fantasy movies into a shit category. Sure. Aside from possibly Lord of the Rings, Return of the Kings, that won so many fucking Oscars, but um, it's still a fucking genre film. Yeah. So um, yeah, right. so here we are. Okay, so we uh, maybe at one time we'll come up with a fucking theme song for this. I don't know. Okay, if we should yeah. or not? Yeah, um, us humming. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- today we're going to do a film from 1976, Ooh. distributed by Metron Golden Mare MGM. Okay, um, and this was a film, one of the films that was a tribute to saving MGM, which over the years I'm sure uh, now it's now defunct. Mm. Um, over the years, I'm sure there was many films that saved it at the time, but at the time it was in it was in financial uh, calamity, and this film managed to pull it out. So, not oh. this was a box office success, uh, not a failure. Okay, but um, I would say nine to the nine t- uh, ten people I don't know what this film is. Kind of it heard just of it. Didn't last. It didn't. Wasn't. It will stick around. Except in our minds, our sure. nerd okay. minds. Right. This is Logan's Run. Oh wow! From 1976. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Great soundtrack. Super special effects. It actually got a, given an Oscar for um, its special effects. No like, kidding. Even though it didn't have special effects. Is that like back disco then. scene? But yeah, the just the way, you know, the <laughs> the disco scene, yeah. There's a lot of quote-unquote future elements oh, yeah. in this film. Yeah. You know, like this is what it like in the future. Wait, so it's been a while since I've seen it. So refresh my memory. What year is it meant to take place? 2274. Of course. Oh, that far? In the 23rd okay. century. All right. Okay. All right. Fair yeah. enough. Okay, so there's still time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, like I said, 1976, directed by Michael Anderson, who other notable things he did was Orca, starring Richard Harris. Have you seen oh, that? That's the, the like killer the whale. Jaws, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, or uh, Richard Harris and Bo Derek. Oh, okay. Um, uh, yeah, that was all right. Kind of a Jaws ripoff. Sure. Uh, Doc Doc <laughs> Savage, uh, Man of Bronze. Wow. Uh, right. Which starring Ron Eli, uh, formerly of TV uh, Tarzan. Okay. Um, and um, uh, The Martian Chronicles, TV show. Ray Bradbury's The Martian Chronicles. Got it. Which yep. I fucking love that. That was okay. uh, quietly disturbing uh, TV show from the 80s. Um, uh, worth a look So genre on. is his wheelhouse. Yes. And this is probably the biggest film he ever made. Okay. Um, so starring <laughs> Michael York 
uh, Richard Jordan, uh, Michael York as uh, Logan Five, Richard Jordan, Richard Jordan as Francis si- Seven, uh, Jenny Agutter as Jessica Six. So do you think in the future we'll just we won't have last names? We'll just have numbers. Yeah, but wouldn't that get real confusing? I'm Jim I mean, nine hundred fifty eight. It must. I'm yeah. Frank one six nine five one two. What Lo- Logan? What Logan? Logan Five. Logan. So does that just mean that they're f- because maybe we're getting there now with avatars or like you know like like. AOL email addresses, you know, like, oh, Adam Hall's taken. So what am I? And AOL says, oh, you can yeah. be Adam Hall 257, which means there's 256 other Adam Halls out there. Yeah. So are there four other Logans or is it just like this is his fifth I generation? This is his fifth generation, okay. I think. All right. Fair enough. And it leads into the whole carousel bit, you yep. know, where they're renewed. That's so it. The carousel, the not the disco. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is the fifth uh, version of Logan. Okay. Um, so uh, the... Um, uh, working? Still on? Yes. Um, so, uh, sorry. What is that? Also up? starring, we won't, uh, Peter Ustinov and <laughs> Farrah Fawcett was in this film in a very small uh, role. I don't remember her. Yeah, the late it, Farrah Fawcett. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, Je- I always said Jenny Agutter as Jessica Six. So, um, so the basics, the, it took in $25 million and it was made for nine. So it actually did oh. make a substantial amount of money back in sure. the 70s. Yeah. Um, it was a reaction to 2001. All John oh, films. Of course, yep. Always a reaction to yep. something. This is a reaction to 2001, A Space Odyssey. Um, uh, they did make a TV show uh, of it, um, um, 14 episodes. What was, was the source seven, material for this movie? Uh, the source material, it was written by, it's from a book, written by uh, William F. Nolan and George Clayton Johnson. Two interesting characters. Um, specifically, William F. Nolan's mo- the most interesting characteristic is he's from fucking Kansas City, dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh. he's from KC guy. He's a KC nice. guy. So shout out to him. He's still alive. Okay. Uh, 91 now, I think he is. Uh, and then George Clayton Johnson, um, who was essentially a TV writer. And he wrote the first episode, aside from the cage, if you want to listen to it, as a uh, man trap for uh, Star Trek. Okay. The original sh- series, he wrote that episode. All right. episode. He wrote a bunch of Kung Fu's. So he has his bona fides too. Yeah, okay. he wrote a bunch of Kung Fu's, which we love that show. That old show Kung Fu starring David Carradine. All right. Um, uh, he's passed away, unfortunately. So, um, uh, But yeah, that's kind of where it came from. Um, they The story basically is of this dystopian future. Sure. And um, everybody lives or everybody goes through their life. It's a life of decadence and you basically do whatever you want. Um, no one wants for anything. Um, there's no money. It's just kind of, if you want something, you just have it, you know. Um, but there are these guys called Sandmen, um, and they're part of Deep Sleep. Is the name of the group that they're part of. Okay. It's kind of fucking cool. And uh, Sandmen are basically like your police force. All right. Uh, their objective is to keep the peace and then to um, eliminate what, quote, unquote, runners. And runners are people that once they get to the age of 30 and their little palm light goes off, they're supposed to go to carousel fly around the fucking space disco right uh in kind of luchador costumes yep. and get zapped out of existence to get reborn in carousel to kind of come back all right and the whole idea is that <clears throat> idea of regeneration sure that you're never you so maybe, it's population control yeah right and you're 30 when it happens yep and then you basically are supposedly reborn uh, into another baby again okay and they go at one point to the birthing area and look there's logan six well, I wonder. Oh, my Logan Four must have been reborn. You know. Oh, they, yeah. Anyway, okay. this, yeah. so it's a whole thing. It's a populate. It's a controlled environment. Sure. And the reasoning is that you know they're in a closed environment because the outside has been ravaged by you know probably nuclear war. Probably. Yeah. And um, so you know no one can leave the yep. domes. Sure. So they have to keep the population down. This is the way they do it. So 
So at 30, you basically go and fly off to your doom. Got it. Um, but some people don't want to do that. They have a, an idea, hey, man, I don't want to go through that fucking thing because no one ever comes back, at least to my knowledge, and I'm going to run. I'm going to become a runner, quote-unquote runner. Right. And the Sandman's job is to take these runners out. Okay. So what happens is that Logan becomes embroiled in the situation, and, and then the, the computer who controls the society, they don't have a leader, just the computer controls everything. Right. Uh, puts him on this mission that he's going to find this um, uh, uh, runner cadre group and eliminate them and find out about Sanctuary, which is this place they're all trying to get to. Sure. Um, he meets this girl, Jessica Six, um, through um, uh, this thing. Uh, she puts herself on what they call the system, which is basically where you you, you materialize. Like Tinder? Yeah, it's like future Tinder. Okay. Until you materialize in their apartments, and then you just fuck. Oh. And then you just, you know, materialize away or walk home, whatever. Okay. Um, but um, male or female can put themselves in the system. So he meets her, and then turns out she's into running and because um, a friend of hers died like, is that like for like first date conversation like what do you do I'm is, a runner but it's kind of bizarre like a runner runner or like do you just like to run yeah and everybody wears like really flamboyant bright outfits except yeah. the Sandman they wear only black and grey oh okay and even their robes are black and grey it's like their whole outfits only black sure. and grey so um uh and this is the 70s so you know that shit's serious yeah it was the first film they used Dolby Stereo 70 oh, millimeters okay. which is kind of interesting alright and um uh, it was when I saw it first I remember watching it with my parents and my mother was a huge science fiction fan um, so it wasn't unusual for us to like watch these kind of films together so I remember watching it and then we get to a point where they're on the run and Francis Seven who's Logan's best mate is trying to chase him sure. he's yeah. super pissed because you were my friend you betrayed right. yeah, me you betrayed and now they take you out yep. uh, even though Logan's on this super secret mission that he can't tell anybody about Right. so but I remember there's one more po- point where they get they get soaked and then they walk it's like they're walking through different levels of a world they go through the water part they get right. soaked and they then they turn around a corner in the freezing part sure and this is all still under Indo- yeah. indoors yeah and they're like oh man look there's there's robes here let's just fucking there's bare let's just take off our clothes and just get like naked in these robes and they so jenny agatha just strips off right and there she is naked and i'm sitting there with my parents and i'm probably 12 or 13 at this time you know Shit, I don't yeah. want to be watching naked women with my fucking parents. Right. And then you can you can imagine the silence drop to a level of lower silence yeah. that embarrassed silence. Because they're, they're thinking the same thing. And like, they're ah. ju- we're all just praying for this moment right. to end. <laughs> just put some clothes on her. Just put the camera off her boobs. Right. Ridiculous. Here's the thing. As I have a 13-year-old son now, I go through those moments too now. But I kind of sit there and enjoy it. No, because yeah, I know like you know how uncomfortable he is. He'll even go like he'll like yeah. emote some emotion of like shit or yeah. no. Right. And I'll just sit there and go, what's up? Well, oh, look, boobs. And it'll make him so much more embarrassed. Sure. Um, but, you know, so I don't know. My parents never did that to me. I don't know. They're thinking that maybe they're giving each other like little lo- looks like visual. You know, high like, fives. Yeah. Hey, yeah. look at your man there. He's gotten very quiet. But um, that was what one of the biggest things takeaways for me with this film when I was that age I love this film I love the soundtrack it's it's incredibly quote unquote futuristic like beep boop boop beep boop oh, yeah. boop beep um, ongoing throughout the film and they had monorails in it and stuff so there's no 
sanctuary, sanctuary per se, right? Like there was no, there was just like Earth. Like do it they pop out, out in DC? They pop out, yeah, in DC. Yeah, and yeah. they meet Peter Usnov, who's a guy, but he's right. an old man. So yeah. they get freaked out because he's got wrinkles on sure. his face. He's an old man. He doesn't look like he's thirty and below. Right. And at that point, then the penny drops, and they realize. Well, first of all, they've fallen in love through their journeys oh, together. Yeah, yeah. And the penny drops, and they're like, "Shit, we have been lied to this whole time." They go back. Francis Seven shows up. He's followed them very. I mean, like he's stayed on their trail. Right. And kudos to him. What a great Sandman he was. Through the water, through the ice, everywhere. Yeah. And uh, they end up killing. He ends up killing. He gets injured. And, uh, he ends up dying. And, right. Uh, at that po- at the last, he's still like, "I'll go to be renewed now, and you never will." I'm like, dude, you never no, got it. Never got You drank the Kool Aid, man. You're so watching too much Fox News. That's not. They go back to the. They get brought back. They go back to. We have to go back and show everybody you. You're right. the old man, and uh, they go back. Spoiler alert! They go back to the the um, society. They go back into the dome, and uh, he gets put back into the computer gets captured and put back in the computer and they go through his debriefing and uh, he he rebels so much mentally that he breaks the computer which in turn throws the doors open sure everybody walks out into the sunlight for the first time sees Peter Usnoff sitting there as an old man with some cats and they like touch his face and it's all like oh look now society can go on but let's really think about that so here are these people They've been looked after their whole lives. Right. Their whole history is Probably that's all they useless, know. Useless, right? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. They're and not now, farming. No. Now the cr- sis, their society has been basically shut down. They're fucked. Right. So is this like an Adam and Eve allegory? Is this like you just saw the fucking apple and now you've met this old man and so now you're kicked out of Eden and you got to suffer and now you you have to know but what suffering yeah, is. Yeah, but they're about to suffer because yeah, they, they, I mean. they're like, not going to know what to do. Right. At what point does that... Um, dystopian society turned to cannibalistic who knows the factions will break off so really was it a good thing oh, that logan did what he then. did well here's the fucking interesting there was three books written and this is basically the first book logan's one oh. there was logan's world end and then logan's trial or something so there's a, there was actually books and there's been rumors of remaking this film for a long long time but then sticking closer to the actual books, there's obviously difference of public license. Was it like a triathlon? Is it like Logan's Run, Logan's Bike, Logan's <laughs> Climb? <laughs> well, they were 21, not 30, when they got oh, um, okay. the boot. Yeah. Um, and um, it was done on a spaceship, was where Sanctuary was. and oh. it's th- There's differences. So um, I haven't read the other books. I've just kind of looked at them a little bit. So do you think they stand up, the books, as like... I've no classic sci-fi. I don't kind of like. I'm he. They won, they won a lot of Nebula Awards and Saturn Awards. Oh, so okay. I mean, they were writing some good stuff back yeah. in the day. So I haven't. Um, I'll try and figure out if I can get my hands on those and uh, have a look at them. But um, now, has it been adapted other ways to the TV and another movie? I feel like I always. It's always just on the peripheral. Like had a TV show, but it was only one season was it in the seventies too. In the seventies, yeah. Oh. So not long after the film came, it would have been like trying to hit off that. Sure. popularity of the film yeah um and i can remember that being on in the 80s back in ireland do you ever remember seeing that I tv d- show I, I, yeah i couldn't name you one thing about it but i just remember it existing well maybe we'll try and find the youtube clip and put that up there okay yeah that's good uh, both the film and the tv show sure. i'm sure there's something out there about it there's a lot of now i will say this that logan's run there's a lot of references to it throughout pop culture since right. then I yeah mean, like carousel like sandman yeah you know, um, there was a Simpsons renewed. episode where they went to spring break and uh, MTV was shooting 
and the the MTV host, I can't remember her name, was like, "Hi, I'm Vixen," and she's got like a gem in her palm that yeah. starts, you know, she's like, "Ah, oh, you're too old starts to be blinking. on MTV," so they replace her with a new host. <laughs> yeah, well, that's cool. Yeah, it, I mean, it's, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed this film. Um, it, it like does it, it qualifies because of, you know, who we are as people, I guess, like and what we think. Is it a shit film? I mean, the critics kind of were split 50 50 sure to give you an example uh, roger ebert gave it three stars it said it was silly but fun gene siskel fucking trashed it said it was trash oh boy. Okay. so uh, you know e- either one that seems on brand but it's a fuck yeah it's a visual spectacle yeah and i think it's worth checking out if you haven't seen it um it's 70s and it's very fucking 70s is it available to view anywhere do you know is it streaming i that's a great point and i'm not sure if it is or not but you know you have ways of figuring it no, out you're all sure. smart people out there <laughs> so uh, yeah that's uh, that's the end of that Logan's Run let's put that one in the books so we'll bring our episode to a close alright um, thanks for listening as, as always and um, and again reach out to us yeah uh, we have an email as well headspaceinvaders at gmail.com yeah um, there might be a way to, actually there should be a way to click on the website to, to email us and um, and you know like listening to podcasts we've never said this before but um, maybe go on iTunes and leave us a review yeah yeah I mean, yeah, we've never said that. Have we? No, we never have. Only because we never really cared. But right, um, yeah, yeah. Know. Leave us a review. See, let us know what you think. Yeah, yeah good or bad. Um, no, 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 good. No, I'm just kidding. Fucking leave a bad one, you bastard. If you like us, leave us a yeah, review. Yeah, if you don't, yeah. don't fucking leave anything. Yeah, yeah. Just walk away. Just fucking walk just away. Go listen to Habitat. Yeah, or fucking something else that's <laughs> shit. Um, so uh, thanks again at Hate Space Invaders on Twitter at Hate Space Invaders as well on Instagram, and Hate uh, Space Invaders at Facebook. Um, you know, any kind of feedback would be great. Um, and uh, thanks as always for listening, Adam. You got anything else? Yeah, thanks, Wallace Wilson again. Yeah. So, thanks, Wallace. Good luck.